Welcome to Thousand Hills. We'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this message, and we hope that it speaks blessings in your life. Look at this title picture right here. How many football fans we got in here? Yeah. Now, I know, I know, he's got a Gator uniform on. He's an SEC player, or was an SEC player. But you guys like the Denver Broncos here? Okay, a few of you, okay. Good to see you. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Missouri, so i got to be a Chiefs fan, I guess. That's what they keep telling me. Yeah, okay, okay. Now, we're going to be talking about Tim Tebow later on in the service. But look at the title. It says, Finding Your Purpose. Finding Your Purpose. And today, my, my object, my goal, is going to be to tell you that I don't care who you are, you've got a purpose. And God wants to use you. He wants to use you because He wants to further His kingdom And he wants to use your abilities, your talents to do it. He sends people like you and I to do his work. He speaks through people like me, and but he speaks through people like you and people like Tim Tebow. And I've I've got a whole list of people who he has used throughout the whole Bible. And I've got some people in my own personal life that he has used, and they've come from nothing. They're ordinary people. And... um, First things first, let's go ahead and pray before we do anything else. So, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And, uh, Father, we just thank you that we get to gather here in a building and we get to worship you freely. Our nation is troubled. But, Father, we love you and we're going to continue to serve you. Because, Father, we can look in this word and we can we can see that uh, there's been troubled times all throughout the whole Bible. And, Father, your people stood up and rallied together. And that's what we're here for today is finding our purpose. And Father, I pray for anybody up here in in the seats that don't know who you are. Father, I pray that you begin to work on them right now if you haven't already done that. Father, open up our hearts. God, I'm going to ask you right now to separate me from this message. Father, I don't want to be up here. This is not me, Father. I want this, this is all about you. Father, so use me today. Speak through me today. Father, let us hear your word. Some of us for the first time. And everybody said, Amen. So we're going to be we're going to be jumping around to a lot of scripture here today. So if y'all would bear with me, get your spectacles. I about need some. I know I'm 20 23 years old and uh it it's not that bad, but I think it's the glare and all this writing and all these notes. If you take notes like this, you know, it's hard to find things. No, we're going to be in Jeremiah to start us and uh the first <laughs> right off the bat the scripture we got. She's going to put it up there for us. We're going to start at 4. It says, The word of the Lord came to me. This is Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to. Say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See today that I point you over the nation's kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy, overthrow, to build, and to plant. So Jeremiah, right off the back, this this could preach a lot right here. Go go back to verse 4. Let's put that up there. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. You, put put you in Jeremiah's spot, put your name there. 
The word of the Lord came to me saying, Corey, I formed you in the womb. Corey, I knew you. Before you were born, Corey, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to all the nations. Now, you know, you're thinking prophet, you know, this is, he's going to be doing some crazy stuff. And I'm not up here to tell you everyone, everyone's going to be a pastor of a church or some kind of minister. I don't think, not, I don't think everybody's called to do that. But we are called in a way to tell people about Jesus. We're supposed to be telling people about Jesus. And I don't know if you guys look around, y'all watch the news and see what's going on. And a lot of people are scared uh, about what this election is going to uh, entail. But you know, uh, a friend of mine who helped me get started announcing, Justin McKee, he's a pastor at a church. And he had a video on Facebook, um, which just has nothing to do with the sermon. But he went on to say that we're not electing a savior. We're not electing a savior. We're electing a president. A president. That's just, that's just a president. Yeah, and I know that they can, our government can, can have a lot of say in what we do, but you know what? They can't tell us. I don't care. I don't care. They can't tell us how to worship our Lord. There's countries all over, all over the place. They go in, their lives are on the line. If people knew that they had a Bible, they'd be dead. They'd be dead. They'd be killed. So you know what? That excites me. Because if that happens to the United States, that's going to be going on right here. And we're going to be doing God's work. Is that not exciting? Is that not exciting? So no matter what happens, who cares who gets in office? That's my little rant for the day. Like I said, I might be offending some people. But I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done worrying about offending people. People tell me all the time when I announce that, man, you're going to get in trouble one of these days. Who cares? I hope I'm getting interviewed by Bill O'Reilly next week on Fox News. Seriously, seriously, I hope he calls me up. But look at this, before I formed you, I knew you. I knew you. In your, before you were even conceived in your mother's womb, he knew you because he has a purpose for your life. You're not just a body, you're not just here. You're not just here to walk around and say, oh, look at me, I'm just here, you know, trip on this rock. No, no. He's got a purpose and it's big, it's huge, it's bigger than you could ever imagine. And the first thing we got to come to, to the conclusion, it is not about you. And this is where I'm going to start stepping on people's toes. And you're saying, Corey, you don't know who I am. You don't know who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest cattle rancher in western Oklahoma. It's all about me. I'm, I'm the best football player on the team. It's all about me. Maybe a pastor say, I pastor the biggest church in western Oklahoma. I don't care. I don't care. It's not about you. And it's not about me standing here telling you about this. It's about the Father. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that a lot today, the Father. So when I say, who is it about? It's not about me. It's not about you. But it's about who? The Father. That's right. So Jeremiah goes on to say, I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to, whatever I command you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of them. Because God gives us what to say. He gives us what to say. He shows us what to do. And that's what is exciting. Because when we realize that it's not about us and it's about the Father, we're going to do great things. We're going to do great things. We're called to do great things. I don't care who you are. God calls us all to do great things. God knew Jeremiah. He knew Jeremiah long before he was born or even conceived. He knew you before you were conceived. He thought about you. He planned you. 
So when you feel discouraged, you feel inadequate to the world, remember that God always thought of us as valuable. We're not just some... I think last time I spoke out here, I talked about salvage titles, about how God doesn't give us a salvage title. I guess I could, I could almost relate back to that message today, that God has a purpose for us. Just because we've been ran over, beat up, or maybe we've never even been right with Jesus, doesn't mean that He's not going to use us, because He wants to. He wants to. And often people struggle with the challenges because they lack self-confidence, feeling that they're inadequate, their ability, their training, or their experience is not there. It's not there. Well, you know, your experience, I, that can be on you. That can be on you. That can be you. Here, here's how I can reverse this back. And see, I wish I would have told the first service this. You have to be willing you have to be willing to accept the fact that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about Corey. Not about David. Not about Bo. But it's about the Father. The Father. So if you're struggling with that today, you've got to, you've got to realize it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're never too young. You're, you're never too inexperienced. Because God uses, God uses ordinary people. But that's Jeremiah. And, and, and God called Jeremiah... Before he was conceived in the womb. And he's talking to everybody. He knew us long before. And you know what makes me really mad? Makes me really mad. And I can't tell you who to go vote for. But I'm going to tell you, you need to go vote. You need to go vote. And this is not about, this is not about the election. But read this again. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So now, now our government is is saying that abortion's okay, folks. I don't. I do not agree with that. I do not agree with that. And I'm probably preaching to the choir today, but I'm telling you, I'm fired up about it. And I ought to be. We all ought to be. That's right. Because they have no freaking right to say who can and can't come into this world because God knows that person long before they did. He knows you. He sets him apart. He sets him apart. And there's so many people in the Bible we can talk about today. You know, David, John the Baptist. We can talk about Isaiah. We can talk about Daniel, Moses. And we're going to talk about Mary. And we're going to talk about Paul. They've all had a purpose. They've all had a purpose. And it shows where, where God shows up and says, this is what I want you to do. Go do it. Go do it. And I want you to know one thing that all these people we're talking about today are just like me and you. I'm going to stress it this whole time. They're just like me and you. But they were willing to do it. They were willing to give it all up. Because it's not about them. It's about who? The Father. So let's go. Let's talk about Paul. We're going to flip to Acts chapter 9. This is where we're going to start jumping around. Acts chapter 9. We're going to be talking about Paul's encounter. And, and just a little bit about Paul before, uh, before his encounter with Jesus. Paul was a, was a persecutor. He was a, a, he was a murderer. Killed Christians. Killed them in Jesus' name. 
let's get right into it. On verse 3, it says, As he was near Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, which by the way, let's pause for a second. Paul's old name used to be Saul. So his name changes later on. So Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And, and I got to tell you, he literally was on his way. He was on his way to Damascus when the light from heaven flashed down on him. Think, think of like deer in the headlights. I'm about to get run over. Boom. And he was blinded. And God said, go into the city and I'm going to tell you what to do when you get there. And we're going to skip down a couple of verses. And he was blind for three days. He did not eat or drink anything. And in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And Lord, help me pronounce these names. The Lord called to him in a, in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judea on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tessaurus. I think that's how you say it. Named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias and came and place, come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. So God is sending this man to put his hands on, on Saul to give him back his vision. Okay, so you can almost, you can almost take this as, you know, Paul was thought he was doing everything right and all of a sudden God just came down and just gave him a big old slap across the face and he was knocked down and out of for about three days until somebody showed up and said, hey dude, uh, God wants you. He's right here, you know, over my shoulder. <laughs> but, uh, that's a little exaggerant. It's a little exaggerant. But we're gonna go on. It said, uh, Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man. All the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all of those that are in your name. So, you know, Saul, he was heading there. He was heading there to put all these people who believed in Jesus in jail. Because he, he didn't want them there. Said The Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument. Remember that chosen instrument to proclaim, to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And I want to tell you what is so great about this story. A lot of you guys are in Paul's position. Now I'm not saying, I'm not saying y'all are gonna write another New Testament because that's what Paul ended up doing. But put it this way. Paul thought he was doing right. He thought, he thought he was supposed to kill Christians. God showed up. God showed up. Ananias came along and said, No, God, you don't understand. First of all, why, why is he telling God you don't understand? This guy's been killing people. What, are you kidding me? And God said, Go, this is my chosen instrument to proclaim name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he has to suffer in my name. So not only was Paul the average Joe that was just toging along through life, making all sorts of a ruckus, killing people and who knows what else. The cool thing about this is it doesn't matter to God. Don't you guys aren't you guys seeing that? Aren't you guys seeing that? He was so he was over here and God shows up and now Paul's over here. 
So maybe that's you today. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're, maybe you're so far gone. Maybe you think that what you're doing is right, but, but you've been seeing the light. I, I don't think God, well, He might. He might show up with a big bright light, and you might be blind for three days, and somebody might show up. Let's put it into perspective here. Maybe that is you. Maybe that's you. And God's telling you, it doesn't matter where you come from. Look at Paul. Look at what he did. I'm still going to use him. Still going to use him. And you know, it's so funny. It's so funny how we sit there. Here, back to the election. We sit there and we, we pick things out from each candidate that they've done wrong. Well, holy heck. Paul killed people. Who are we to judge, right? People make mistakes. People do things wrong. People, people are going to disagree with what we have to say or what we do. But at the end of the day, God can still use them. God can use Donald Trump. God can use Hillary Clinton. Because we are going to serve Jesus no matter what happens. Because we're not electing a Savior. Remember that. We're not electing a Savior. So God has a purpose. God has a purpose. Paul was his chosen instrument to proclaim to the Gentiles. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I, I want to flip over here. This, uh, in, my, uh, in my Bible, it's a uh, life application Bible, NIV. There's lots of different versions. And we're actually going to read um, some verses from some different versions of the Bible here today out of the Amplified Bible. Um, but the NIV, this has got a little, little footnote off the side kind of telling you know, what Paul did and what he was. And obviously, we just kind of went over it. He was transformed by God from a persecutor of Christians to a preacher for Christ. Preached for Christ throughout the Roman Empire on three different missionary journeys. Wrote the letters of various churches, which became a part of the New Testament, which is what we call the New Testament today. And the lesson to learn from this, we just kind of went over it. The good news is, is that forgiveness and eternal life are gifts from God's grace through faith. In Christ. They're available to everybody. They're, it's available. It don't matter who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care. God doesn't care. Because he wants to use you. Because you have a purpose. That's what we're trying to find today. Finding your purpose. Obedience results from a relationship with God. But obedience will never create or earn that relationship. Real freedom doesn't come until we, we no longer have to prove our freedom doesn't come until we no longer have to prove our freedom. God does not waste our time. He will use our past and our present. He's going to use that past. He's going to use it. He used Paul's past. And I'm getting ready to talk about my friend Dylan here in a little bit. And you know, man, he's using his past. And he's not even, he, Dylan's not ashamed of it because he knows where he's going. He knows where he's going. And, and I want to go on to um, Galatians. Galatians 1, 15 to 16, it kind of, it's more specific on, on what Paul's calling was, his, his purpose. And we go here on verse 15, it says, But when God, and this is Paul writing, When God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, holy cow, it's happening again. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by His grace was pleased to reveal His Son in me, so that I might preach 
him among the Gentiles. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went to Arabia later on. I returned to Damascus. God was guiding his ministry. Paul wasn't doing anything that God hadn't planned already. Giving him the power to do. Similarly, God told Jeremiah that God had called him even before he was born to do special work. Now, I'm not, like I said, I'm not up here. I'm not telling you we're all supposed to be pastors of the church. That's a, that's a specific calling. That's a specific calling. I, I don't even think I've had that calling to be a pastor of a church. But I've been called to come to places like this and, and share the good news and what God's done in my life and what he's, what he's going to do. And, and I, think, I think in a way we, we've all got that ministry. We all need to be ready to tell people about Jesus. We all need to be ready. Yeah, be ready. That is what that is what your main purpose is. Know Jesus. Know Him. Live for Him. Trust Him. And do it so good that other people are seeing it. You know the best testimonies? You know, honestly, my testimony is not like my friend Dylan's. I grew up in a Christian home. Both my parents, we all went to church growing up. We were there every time the doors were open. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I was in youth group. Did everything that the youth did. Played in the worship band. Did all that. My life's a little bit different than Dylan's. And some of your guys' lives are just like mine. And some of your guys' lives are just like Dylan's. But you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to, to step out. Step out of your comfort zone. And realize that your purpose is much greater than yourself. It's much greater than you. It's much greater so here Paul's saying, when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. It's, it's happening again. That's two different people. Two different people. You know it's true now. You know it's true. God's called us. He's called us. What are we doing? What are we doing? How are we living that purpose? And the craziest thing about this whole story, the whole story, if we go back to Acts 9, 13 and 14, don't limit God. Don't limit Him. Because he's God. He's going to do what he wants to do. Do what he wants. He can do anything. Anything. He can do anything. See, Ananias was saying, do you, not, do you know who Paul is? Like, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work at all. Well, God says, no. I've called him. He's my, he's my instrument to proclaim and that's talking to everybody. You're his instruments. You're, his, you're God's personal instruments. It takes every single one of us. Every single one of us to get people to where we're going. And that is to heaven. And heaven's a real place, folks. It's real. And I want to flip to... We're going to flip over to Luke. We're going to talk about Mary for a second. And, and guys, these are, these are ordinary people. They're ordinary people doing extraordinary things for Jesus. This, this really excites me. A lot of you guys probably know who Mary is. And if, if not, you're about to find out for the first time. And Mary, she was the, she was the mother of Jesus. And it texts right here, right here in the text. Verse 27, let's start. It says, To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled, as I would say she probably was. 
She was troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. I don't know about you, but if I was Mary, I think I'd be buckled at the knees about right now. Saying, I'm going to be giving birth to Jesus. Are you kidding me? But she found favor with God because she was willing. She is willing. And, and you know, the, the Bible, it doesn't, there's not much information on who Mary was. Who Mary was. She was just a, she was a nobody. She was a nobody. That's me. I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. And God's going God's gonna to use you. God's going to use you. But just, she was the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. And the lesson to learn from Mary's life is that God's best servants are often ordinary people who make themselves available to Him. It's that simple. It's that simple because it's not about you. It is not about you. It's about who? The Father. You got to make yourself available. God's plans involve extraordinary events in ordinary people's lives. And a person's character is revealed by his or her's response to the unexpected. Man, she wasn't expecting that. Oh, heck, I wouldn't be expecting that either. You're going to have, you're going you're gonna to give birth to the Son, to the Messiah. King, Most High, you're, that's you, I'm picking you. Put yourself in her shoes. What, what is God telling you to do? I don't think, obviously, obviously, uh, you're probably not getting getting a tug at the shoulder saying you're going to give birth to Jesus because he's already came and he's already left and he's coming back. He's coming back, but hey, what's God calling you to do? Are you scared? Because it's, he, they tell Mary, they said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. They told Jeremiah the same thing. Do not be afraid. I'm going to go with you. It's all going to be okay. You've got to be willing You've got to be willing. So God uses ordinary people to do what? Extraordinary things. Now we're going to get off. We're going to get off on a little rant here. Let's go to Tim Tebow. Yeah, there's my man right there. A little bit about Tim Tebow. Uh, probably one of the greatest college football players ever. And a lot of you guys are thinking, well, he didn't go to OU or Oklahoma State. Well. I'm sorry, because it would have helped you guys a lot. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, he was, he's from Jacksonville, Florida. His parents were missionaries. Um, and to go back a little bit on his life, um, there's lots of information about Tim Tebow. I just kind of tried to grab the highlights of it. Um, the doctors, the doctors told his mother that, uh, she wasn't going to live if she, if she had him. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, being in her shoes, I, I would hope to think that I would say, we're going to have him, because that's exactly what she did. She said, we're going to have this baby. The doctors thought she was crazy. Well, guess what? She is. She's crazy about Jesus, and that's what we got to be. <laughs> She's crazy. 
So they go on to have Tim Tebow. He's born and he's a special gift. He's a special gift from God. I believe that with all my heart. Whether you guys like him or not. He's had favor. God planned this because he was con- he knew Tim before he was conceived, before, before he ever entered the mother's womb. He knew that Tim Tebow was going to set records in the SEC. He was going to set the passing record. He was going to set the rushing record, set the touchdowns thrown. He was going to do it all. He knew that. And he used Tim Tebow to reach a lot of people that we can't reach. Tim Tebow has reached a lot of people that never, that never would have come to church. Because ESPN. And God knew that. God knew that. And I'll tell you, the craziest thing about it, the guy, the guy's basically my size. I hear you thinking, well, he's a lot more ripped than you are. I know, I know. Same, weighs, I think he weighs about two, a little over 230. He's like 6'2", a little over 6'2", I think. The guy benches 350 pounds as a junior in high school. That doesn't just happen. Because God needed him to be a football player. God gave him these abilities. Kind of like Samson. We're not going to talk about Samson real long. But Samson had all sorts of abilities that the Bible talks about. He could take on anything. You throw anything at him, Samson was going to kill them all, destroy them all. He had all sorts of supernatural, unhuman powers. Tim Tebow. 230 pounds, 6'2", benches 350. That's 100 pounds, 100 and some pounds over his weight. The guy in high school, there's, a, there's an awesome YouTube video. It's about, well, they've got it in sections. It's about an hour long. I didn't watch all of it. I watched his high school deal. And another thing that's crazy, they were doing this documentary on him before he became famous. How weird is that? Because God knew. God knew. And he was homeschooled. He was even homeschooled. And, and in Florida, the, the law says that you can be homeschooled and play at a public school. And he wanted to play football. That, that's what his heart's desire was. So he started playing football. As a junior, he set all sorts of records. He played the last game with a broken fibula. Like seriously, the guy's an animal. The guy's an animal. And they're making this, they're making this uh, documentary about him. And he's got letters from almost 80 different colleges in the nation. Some of the best colleges in the nation, including Florida, Alabama, you name it. All the big schools, they all wanted him. They all wanted him. Because he's the best. He's the best. And it turns out that Florida's offense fit Tim Tebow. They ran the, they ran the spread and it just worked out perfect. He could run, he could throw, he could, he could do it all. So Florida, he ended up going there. And became one of the greatest college football players the world's ever known. And not only is he a great football player, but he loves Jesus. He's a great guy. He's a great example to so many kids. I I do not know a kid, a child, I've never met one that said, I just don't like Tim Tebow. Unless you weren't a believer. If you weren't a believer, you're probably going to pick at Tim Tebow a little bit. But why do you think that is? Because we're different from the world. Tim Tebow's different from the world. He doesn't do things like most athletes. He stands up for the national anthem. He doesn't kneel during the national anthem. He prays before the game. He does things how it's supposed to be done. 
And the world says, wait a minute. Just because he's the greatest football player. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it's so funny when people do things right, the world just says that it's all wrong. And then you got the 49ers quarterback standing up, not standing up for the national anthem, and everyone's going, ha ha, yeah, he's cool. The world could not stand him. Could not stand him. They, they had a deal. He, he got with the Denver Broncos, and they were like, when, it, when he started playing for them, they were like one and six or something, one and seven. He turned their whole season around, and they went eight and eight. They went eight and eight, won a playoff game. And they come in, they were down in overtime. You know, they get one more chance. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it was, or it was like right at the end of the game, they had one last play. And they executed it. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying God God just wanted Tim Tebow to win all the time because there's gonna be there's gonna be some losses in there too, and there was there's some losses in there. But you know, Tim Tebow's the most humbling, the hum- most humbled person on the face of the planet. I would love to meet him. I would love to meet him because he knows that it's not about him. He knows he was willing to say it's not about me. It's about my Father. It's about Jesus. I'm not here to play football. I'm here to tell people about my creator. That's why I'm here. It just so happens God has blessed me to do what I love. And you can put yourself in any shoes. Maybe you're a, maybe you're a great cattle rancher. You got some of the bet Your calves bring more than, which right now they ain't bringing very much. Maybe your calves bring more than anybody else's. But it's not about your cows. It's not about your, how much land you own. It's about the father. It's about the Father. And you've got to realize that before you can do anything. Before you can do anything, you've got to realize that. And Tim Tebow was set apart to do that. He was set apart. Because not only... He's, he's been shifted around so many times to different teams. He, they finally... The NFL basically said, we don't want this guy in our league is basically what it is. And you know it's all political. You know it's all political. They, they design plays that he won't be successful because they, they want to watch him fail because, you know why? The world wants to see you fail, guys. They don't want you to succeed because they want to believe that what you're trying to tell them is all a lie. It's not a lie. God is real. And He's real today and He's going to be real tomorrow and real forever. And we've got to realize that. We've got a purpose. It's not about you. Find it. Find it. So, so Tim Tebow, great guy. He's persecuted through a lot. The world's shunned him, but he's still Tim Tebow. God's still using him today. He's wrote books. He's, he's a sports analysis. He's actually playing professional baseball now. I'm hoping he gets into the Cardinals farm system. But, uh, <laughs> but I want to talk about, I want to talk about my friend Dylan. Um, my friend Dylan, high school, growing up, we'll just, we'll just tell you a little bit about him. Well, he was born in a rough home. Rough home. Mom, mom and dad both in and out of prison. Drugs, alcohol. It was rough. I mean, the roughest you can, the roughest you can imagine. This kid grew up in that. He, he tells me stories that he can remember four or five years old laying, laying on the front porch of a crack house while his mom went in there to get what she needed. He didn't know if he was going to Make it home that night. People coming in and out of the house at all hours of the night. You talk about, I'd, I'd be scared. I'd be scared. Dylan's life, it reflected it all the way up to his sophomore year. He was, he was a drug addict. He was addicted to, to all of it. 
He was addicted to sex, pornography, everything. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, he's using big words now. I'm telling you, it was bad. It was bad. And, and he persecuted Christians just like Paul. He made, fun of, he made fun of me all the time. Like, why do you go to church? I ain't doing nothing for you. He was a star athlete. He was a stud. He could throw 85 mile an hour. He could hit, he could hit the ball anywhere he wanted on the diamond. He'd, he'd make a tackle anywhere on the football field. He was it. But he didn't know Jesus. He didn't know Jesus. And I remember, I remember a couple of kids came to church one night. Or they come up to me one day in school and they say, Corey, we're not, we're not living like we should. We know there's something better. And I said, come to church tonight. Come to church. They came to church that night and they got saved. And the first thing they wanted to do, they said, we want to pray for Dylan. And I'm thinking, your guys are wanting to move Mount Everest. Oh, but we stepped out on faith and we started praying. We hit our knees and we prayed hard. Prayed for Dylan. We prayed for a lot of friends. There was about 15, 15 kids we were praying for. All, all affiliated in baseball, football, basketball. And one night, one night, the two kids that led all the parties at my high school. And I went to a big school at the time. We had 300 and some of my graduating class. There was a lot of us. They got saved that night. And Dylan can remember. He just told this story a couple of weeks ago. He said, I can remember the Holy Spirit working on me. He said, I was at a party. Doing drugs. Alcohol. He was at a party and he could feel the Holy Spirit. God was working on him because, because prayers. And, but not only prayers, because God knew that Dylan had a purpose. He knew that he was going to use Dylan. He knew that he was going to use his past to change lives in our community. He knew that. But Dylan didn't know until he had an encounter. And his encounter was when that Holy Spirit started working on him. And he was telling some of his friends. He's like, man, is there? I just don't feel like I'm doing things right. There's something weird. Like, I don't feel like I just don't want to do this right now. Like, he left. And a week later, he gets saved. Is that, is that coincidence? No, folks. That's real. That's real. And on top of that, on top of that, the kid wasn't even supposed to graduate high school. He moved in with my youth pastors. They took him in. And they helped him get through school. He, was, he got saved when he was a junior in high school. February. I'll never forget the month of February. And we've all probably got some kind of story like that. But he had literally not even a half a semester and a full year to get his grades together so he could graduate. And he did. He graduated high school. He graduated high school. Then he, then he went to college and got a, got a degree in ministry because he felt God telling him that he was supposed to preach, was supposed to be a pastor. And he thought God was crazy. <laughs> he was just like Jeremiah. I'm too young. I'm too young. You'll, nev- you'll never use me. But God says, trust me. I have, I'm going to give you all the words to say. Don't worry about it. The kid couldn't even talk. The kid, this kid, Dylan, couldn't even, he couldn't even have a sentence. You couldn't even understand him. And he'd stutter his words. And I remember, I remember he gave his testimony at church one night. And he was so scared. Which you ought to be. I'm going to encourage you guys. If you guys feel like you need to share a testimony. You let Bo or Heather know. 
or David, somebody in the church, they're going to let you share your testimony. Testimonies are powerful. And Dylan had a testimony, and he felt like he was supposed to share it, and he did. And you know what? He could speak. God got a hold of him. He could speak. It wasn't Dylan up there. It was somebody else. And I'm not saying it was perfect. He wasn't the narrator of the next greatest movie. But you could actually understand what he was trying to say. And five years later, five years later, him and about 30 other people I used to, that I went to church with at the church I kind of grew up in, they've left and they've moved to North Springfield to start a church. And he, my, my friend Dylan is the pastor there. And all this has happened because God has a purpose, guys. He knows what he's doing. We just got to trust him. Don't you understand that? I don't know what else I can say up here. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. I mean, Dylan came from nothing. He was a drug addict to alcohol, sex, pornography, partying, all over the place. God used him. You may not be like Tim Tebow. You may not be born in a Christian home and your parents believe. You may be born in a, in a hell hole and you think the world's against you, but it's not. It's not. God wants to use you and we have to realize, we have to realize that, that it's not about us, but it's about Him. And Dylan realized that and that's why he's changing lives in our community, telling people about Jesus, using his testimony. Because he knows, he knows that it's for the kingdom. He knows it's for the kingdom. And the four things, the four things to know when finding your purpose, focus. Focus. And we've talked, we've talked about it a lot. Focus. So it's not about you, but it's about who? It's about the Father. The Father. So focus. Focus on the Father. You've got to be able to balance it. You've got to be praying. You've got to be serving. You've got to be involved in church somewhere. You've got to be trusting. And I'm talking to the people who know Jesus right now. If you've never been saved, if you've never been baptized, I'm getting ready to get to you. You gotta pray, you gotta serve, you gotta trust. Because if you're saved and you're just sitting in church in the back row every Sunday, but you're not doing nothing, you're just a body. You're just here. You're just here. And God's saying, get out of that seat. Go into the city. Go into the, go into the city and I'm gonna tell you what to do when you get there. Don't sit in the back row. Get involved. Get involved. Because if, if you're doing these things, all, all of His purpose is going to fall right into place. Productivity. You've got to bear good fruit. That's my third point. Productivity. A lot of trees bear fruit. We've got a pear tree at the house and some years it doesn't taste very good. That's why I know some trees do good and some trees don't. That same tree will produce good fruit. It will produce bad fruit. But you're going you're gonna to produce something. So what kind of fruit are you producing? Are you producing good fruit? Are you producing good fruit in your workplace? Or are you? Do you show up to work? Oh, it's just another day at work. Back here. Gosh. Put a smile on your face. God, God's good. It doesn't matter where you're at. Just because you're somewhere right now doesn't mean you're going to be there next week. You start getting after it. You start reading God's word. You start praying. You start serving. God's going to open some doors. That door may be your attitude. 
He may open the door. You may start loving your job. Like, man, this is exactly... what I've been doing this wrong the whole time. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Show up and do a good job no matter where you're at today. Fulfillment. This sums it all up. We've talked... It's the, basically the first one, focus. Knowing that it's not about you. Knowing it's not about you, but it's about the Father. Only way to find purpose is to know God. You've got to, to know Him... You gotta believe in him. You gotta believe that he's real. You gotta believe that when something's tugging at your heart to tell you to be different, you gotta know that that's not you or anybody else telling you what to do. That is something much greater than yourself trying to speak to you. Open your ears, be available. Mary, she was available. Paul was available. He could have easily said, I'm just gonna be blind for the rest of my life. I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. That would have changed the whole course of history. Who, who was gonna write the New Testament? If Paul would have said no, we might not have the New Testament. If Mary would have said no, Jesus might not have ever came into this world because God is depending on you. I point at everybody. He wants to use you. Be willing. Be willing. And when you do meet Him and you do have an encounter like Paul, like Dylan, like Pastor Dylan, you'll know you have a purpose and you're going to know what that purpose is. Now here, I'm, ta- I'm going to talk to some believers again. If you are a believer here this morning and you're still not sure, let's put up Psalms. Psalms 25, 4 and 5. It says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. Teach me. For you are God, my Savior. My hope is in you all day long. If you're a believer and you're not sure that what you're doing is your purpose for God's kingdom, I want you to write this down. If you don't have a pencil, get your phones out. I know you guys have smartphones. Text it. And I know you're thinking, well, I don't have a smartphone. Well, I guarantee your wife does. <laughs> Write it down. Remember that. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. Teach me. For you are God, my Savior. My hope is in you all day long. And we're going to go on to some more scripture. Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Your inheritance is that you get to serve God. It's a privilege. He didn't have to send His Son to die on the cross, but you know what? He did. He did. He didn't have to. He did not have to do that, but He did. So whatever you're doing, work at it with all your heart as you're working for the Lord. So if you're you're stacking chairs after church and you're like, I don't know why I'm here stacking chairs, you better be the best chair stacker in the world. Be a world champion chair stacker. I don't know if there's a title for that, but we might make one here in Woodward, Oklahoma. If you're a teacher, if you're a school teacher, I know my sister, she's, she's an elementary PE teacher. Do it with all your heart. Do it with love. Show those kids. They, you, you never know who's watching. Don't be a hindrance on somebody else's walk. If you're a rancher, I know the cattle market's terrible. I'm there with you. But I'm going to go to the sale bar and I'm going to send my calves with a good attitude. Because it's not about me. It's about the Father. There's a purpose. There is a purpose. Go to Philippians 1, 9-11. This is out of the Amplified Bible. This is blowed up. Lots of words. It says, In this I pray that your love may be abound more and more 
displaying itself in greater depth and real knowledge and practical insight so that you may learn to recognize and treasure what is excellent, identifying the best and distinguishing moral differences, and that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, actually living lives that lead others away from sin. Pause there for a second. Actually living lives that lead others away from sin. Don't let your job hinder people. Be a light. Be a light. If you're not sure what your purpose is, that's it. I'm telling you right now. That is your purpose. Be a light. Be a light. Don't be the cause of someone to not know the Savior. Don't do it. Because there are going to be, I guarantee it, there's going to be consequences for that someday. Actually living lives that lead others away from sin. Filled with the fruit. The good fruit of righteousness. Which comes through Jesus Christ. To the glory and the praise of God. So that His glory may be revealed and recognized. His glory is not going to be revealed if you show up to work. Show up to the sale barn. Five weights are bringing. 450 this week. Blah, blah, blah. Suck it up. Just suck it up. I know I'm being hard on you today. I know I'm being hard on you, but I gotta be. I gotta be, don't you see? Be a purposeful you. Find that purpose. Your purpose could be your attitude. Change your attitude. It starts right now. Starts right now. Praying, getting in the Word, serving in the church. You would not believe stacking chairs is a ministry, believe it or not. Believe it or not, because when Dylan. When he first got to Bible college, he started going to this James River Bible College in Spring, South Springfield. And he remembers he stacked chairs after the, after the services every Wednesday night. He didn't get to get up there and speak. He knew he was supposed to be a speaker. He knew he was going to be a pastor. He didn't want to stack chairs. He didn't want to stack chairs. But he had to come to a conclusion one day. He had to hit the ground. He had to be blinded by the light, just like Paul was. Just like Paul was, I gotta change my attitude. I gotta change my attitude. I'm gonna be the best chair stacker in the world. I'm gonna be the best. Be the best. Whatever you do, be the best and do it. If you haven't felt, if you have not felt that called, seek to fulfill the mission common to all believers. And here it is. Here it is. The mission. Love. Love people. Love God, and a lot of guys saying love, that's a weird word. I don't even tell my wife that anymore. Love, love her, obey, obey what God says. If he's tugging on your heart, if he's trying to tell you something, you better open your ears. You better open your ears, and you better be ready for whatever he's going to feed through you. Serve God, that's my third one. Serve God until his guidance becomes more clear. Because if you're doing these things, you're not going to miss it. You will not miss it, I promise I promise you will not miss that calling or that purpose if you're doing those three things. Love, obey, and serving God. You're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss it. Let's, take, let's reflect on everybody. Paul was, a, Paul was a murderer. God got a hold of him, used his testimony, wrote the New Testament. Mary, nobody even really knows who she was. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows who I am, really. But God used her. She gave birth to the Savior. She gave birth to the Savior. Then you have guys like Tim Tebow. Born for a purpose. Being the best you can be. 
being a leader on the field, whether people come at you or not, you're going to still serve Jesus at the end of the day because that's what it's all about. Dylan, maybe you're like Dylan today. Come from a broken home, drugs, alcohol, whatever that is, finances, maybe it's all just eating at you all the time. God changed Dylan, he can change you. (laughs) I wish Dylan was here. He really wouldn't fit in here. <laughs> he was a jock in high school. He's, he's not a cowboy. But it doesn't matter. God has a purpose for everybody. He would fit in here because he loves Jesus. He would. So here's what I'm going to end it on. Do you have a purpose? Do you know what your purpose is? Maybe, maybe you do know what your purpose is. I feel like Amy, I feel like David, I feel like they know what their purpose is. They get up here on Sunday mornings and they pour their hearts out for you guys. God uses them in music. Bo has a purpose. He's the pastor, he's the leader of this church. Stand behind him. He's got a purpose. If you have your purpose, I thank God you do. Thank God you do. Now, are you searching for one? I'm talking to believers that aren't sure. I told you. If you love, if you obey, if you serve God, His guidance will become so real. You're going to be doing things you never thought you'd be doing. Never thought you'd be doing. I promise. Keep doing that. And if you don't know God, you can know Him today. You can know Him today. If you think God is not going to use me. Did you not just hear the story of Paul? (laughs) Killing people. Murdering people. Dylan's story. Drug addict. Alcohol. Sex. Pornography. Everything. God used him. He's still using him. Still using him. He's got a purpose for you. If you don't know God and you want to know who He is, maybe the Holy Spirit's been working on you for weeks. Something's been telling you something's just not right. Something feels different. Find a leader of this church and tell them. Find Bo, find David, find somebody in this church. that Find a door greeter. Tell them. Tell them, say, I want to know God. What do I need to do? What do I need to do to get involved? What do I need to do to... To help people park on Sunday mornings to serve. What do I need to do? Do I need to sweep the floors after church service? Do I need to help put up the sound equipment? What do I need to do? I need to, do I need to pray more? Absolutely. We all need to be praying for this church. You guys have got a building that's coming up. Be praying for all that. God's got a purpose for that building. But if you don't know Him today, I'm going to encourage you, if you feel like that's tugging on your heart, find somebody in this church. Let them tell you about the good news. Get you saved. It's never too late. It's never too late to find out what that purpose is and to find out that God loves you. He loves you. You can do it. You can do it. I know somebody's got their heart tugged on today. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for the message. Father, I just thank you for who you are first and foremost. 
God, that you, uh, that you used ordinary people to do your work. That you, that you used them to, to change lives. Father, that you used Paul. You used, you used Mary. Father, you're using Tim Tebow. Thank you. You're using Pastor Dylan. Father, you're using people with inside this church I don't even know about. God, you're using them. Father, and I pray that if, 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 if people don't have their purpose, God, I pray that they can, they can love, they can obey you, and they can serve you. God, I want to claim that victory today. And Lord, I pray for those that, that are lost, that don't know you, that want to know you, that are eager to know you, that feel you tugging, you tugging at their heart, but they haven't made the decision yet. Father, I pray that today can be the day. And Father, I pray that if they haven't felt that tug, Father, I pray that you would tug on them right now. Make it happen. Make it happen. Father, and it's not about us. It's all about you. Everything in this life is all about you. None of this matters. Father, we thank you for this church. And Father, I thank you for another opportunity to speak and share your word. And Father, and I love you. We all love you. And it's in your precious and holy name. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Thank you guys again for listening today. If you've made a commitment today or if you have any needs, feel free to contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or you can text or call 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.